If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. everyone. This is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Apollonia Cotero. Hi there. How are you? What's going on? How are you? How are you? How's your day? Oh, oh my day is uh, nice and peaceful. Had a great uh, holiday and I'm actually excited just to, to be here with you today. Well, listen, I am so excited to have you here as well. You know, listen, I, we all know Purple Rain, 1984, like I get it. But when I sat down to prepare for this and just really focus on like, oh my God, like that's almost 40 years ago. Like, does that feel like 40 years to you? Sometimes it feels like 400 years and sometimes it feels like it was just four weeks ago. I, yeah. Yeah. I I know. I mean, I know, you know, you were in the business before, like you had appeared on like Fantasy Island and like Knight Rider and done some acting. But how did you come to audition for this movie? Uh, through the drama log. We had a magazine here in Hollywood that I would subscribe to uh, for auditions. So I auditioned uh, through the drama log. I had someone call on my behalf, a friend pretending to be my manager. I needed to be, you know, have a manager and all that stuff. So that's how I found out. Wow. And like, what was, you know, like, what was your thoughts? Like, I mean, obviously this was right after like 1999 and like, you know, that was a big thing for Prince. I mean, like, obviously you had heard of Prince, like, were you a Prince fan at this time? Absolutely. I purchased the 1999 album. I had moved away from San Pedro, California to West Hollywood, California to be closer to the industry and auditions. And uh, I bought that cassette and I would listen to it in my car, driving around Hollywood, uh, fantasizing about one day having my own cassette in my car, listening to my own music. So what was like, were you aware, like when you auditioned, like, were you aware like of the history, you know, like that first it was supposed to be Vanity and then like Jennifer Beals was, you know, attached and turned it down. Like, were you aware of like the fact that this role was like, that's the the Jennifer Beale story is is just a fabrication of Hollywood. Um, she was never offered the role. It's just that that Hollywood uh, mystique stories and Gina Gershon also wanted to play the role. And I knew about Vanity because I was a big fan of hers. And I uh, collected the Rolling Stone with Prince and Vanity on the cover. So I had a bit of knowledge of their history. And the whole Jennifer Beals thing like that never was. It, that's just like a fabrication of. Yeah. Wow. And there was other, other celebrity girls that, you know, were named and all that. But I, the only girl that I saw was Nia Peebles at the auditions. Wow. 
So what was this process like? I mean, you know, do you show up? Is there like, is it like a cattle call? Like how long is the process? Like, are there multiple rounds? There were multiple rounds. Everything took place within seven days. Um, I auditioned here in Hollywood. Uh, the funny thing is that the uh, casting office where I auditioned isn't too far from where I live today. And I drive by or walk by and I look and it's just, you know, nostalgic. So I auditioned and within seven days, they had me fly to Minnesota to meet with Prince. And I knew that that was like the audition. He took me out dancing and uh, we went to First Avenue and that evening vanity was there. So it was, uh, it was like a movie within a movie. Wow. So I mean, you're being flown to like Minneapolis. I mean, are you nervous? Are you excited? Like what's the range of emotions when one is about to go meet Prince for the first time? I was excited. I remember calling everyone that I knew, like all four people (laughs) from my apartment in West Hollywood, which was unfurnished at the time. I didn't have, couldn't afford furniture. But I was cool with it, you know, because I was in Hollywood already. And um, I got ready and, and left. I was excited. I knew that this was going to change my life because I knew the potential of what this movie had available. I knew, you know, that Prince was becoming a, a star. And I had this initial feeling. It was just, you know, in my gut that I knew that something major was going to happen with this. I couldn't explain it. I mean, I was just, what, 23, 24. You did know that. Because, you know, like, it was turned down by, you know, the rumor is, I mean, I don't know if that was true. You know, like, a lot of studios didn't want it. They're like, what is this? James Brown's company, I think it was a production company. And uh, a lot of people, a lot of people turned it down. They didn't believe in the concept or him or maybe they thought it was too radical, too ahead of its time. But you just had a feeling like this could be the one that changes everything. Mm-hmm. I, I knew that once we started filming, I remember telling Prince, you need to buy an Oscar outfit because we're going to be at the Oscars. I said, not not for your acting abilities, but for your music. That's what you yeah. said or that's what like someone on the movie said? Mm-hmm. That's what I said to him. Wow. He looked at me and he says, you think so? And I said, yes, I know so. Wow. So I had, it was just, I don't know. It was something different. I've never felt that way in any other production, TV shows or films that I'd done before or since. So what, so what is that first meeting like? Like when you're dancing at First Avenue, like, you know, is it just like, can you hang with Prince? Was it like, you know, a formal audition? Were you like, I'm still auditioning for a part? Like, what was that like? Well, the audition actually started with lunch. Uh, they you know picked me up from my hotel and we went for lunch and went for a drive through the country, which was really fascinating to me because I'm a city girl. And we went to his favorite restaurant where he had spaghetti. And he was just checking me out. I could see he was, you know, looking at me through his peripheral and watching. I was doing all the talking. He was very shy. And I was doing all the talking because I was nervous. And when I nervous, I, you know, get chatty. But it was simple. It was easy. And then they dropped me off at, uh, when I say they, his bodyguard chick was a driver. They dropped me off at my hotel. And then uh, chick comes back and says, you know, we're going to pick you up later and take you out. So I get ready for, you know, an evening of dining and dancing at First Avenue. 
what were your first impressions of Prince? I mean, like you had the CD in your car, you were thinking one day you want your own CD, you know, you're, but when you first meet Prince, like what's, what, what goes through your mind? Well, he smelled great. He smelled like purple, if that makes any sense. Um, he was as cute as a button, really cute, beautiful eyes and extremely shy, super shy. I could just tell he was, it was almost like he was terrified of just meeting me. Not that, you know, I had a reason to give him to be scared, but I think he was just so, there was so much commotion going on behind the scenes that he really needed to find his leading lady. I think he was just nervous, you know, but again, he was very shy. Could you tell like, okay, you know, like I'm going home now. I got the part. This went well. Like, what was your, you know, like they say sometimes like as an actress, you can tell mm -hmm. when it went well, like, you know, at what point could you tell like, maybe this will really happen for me? That happened at the end of the evening when they dropped me off. And then I heard a knock at the door and it was Chick. And he gave me this beautiful note from Prince and I hope to see you soon. I still have the note. And he drew a lot of beautiful little images. And then Chick said, he really likes you a lot. The kid likes you a lot. So don't mess it up. Because he likes you a lot. And I said, I like him a lot too. And I had a good feeling then. I remember flying back home. And as soon as I got back home, my agent said, you've been cast. And I remember saying, I know. He said, did he tell you? I said, no. But, you know, just leaving, they made me feel welcomed. And the idea of, you know, I hope to see you soon. I thought, well, does that mean for the movie or either flying back out just to have more spaghetti? <laughs> either way, it would have been great. I'll admit it. As important it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. All of you who listen to this podcast on the regular know two things about me. I love reality TV and I love coffee. I mean, how many cups of coffee do I drink on average here per show? Three. But what you guys may not know is that the only coffee I love is Starbucks. I love everything about a Starbucks. Do you know that I'm such a regular here in East Hampton at my Starbucks that in the morning when I go in, I don't even have to speak to them. They literally make my drink because I'm standing in line and hand it to me when I go to pay. Now, as we head into the fall, my normal fall drink is usually the pumpkin spice latte. But this fall, I need to tell you guys about the iced apple crisp. 
This new drink is an iced apple crisp oat milk shaken espresso. Yum. Just let that sink in. Do you know how good this is? It's made with blonde espresso, creamy oat milk, and spiced apple flavors. Oh my God. You could sit back and you can enjoy all autumn long. So you guys have to try this and let me know what you think. And listen, order ahead on the Starbucks app. That's right. Order ahead before you get there on the Starbucks app and enjoy. Wow. So you get the movie, you know, it's, this could be the one that's going to change your life. You knew it was special. Like what was the actual process of making this movie like, like, it sounds like you knew the music was, you know, just revolutionary, no pun intended, but you know, like what was the actual process of working on this movie? It was, uh, we worked seven days a week. We had rehearsals. Uh, it was tough. The weather was, the conditions were for me, you know, I'm a beach girl. I'm from Santa Monica, California. I surf. Uh, I don't ski. <laughs> so we get there and it's really pretty. Uh, it hadn't snowed yet. But once we started to work, I tried my best to keep up with Prince, with his pace. He was working seven days a week. He would film and then go back and record. It was a lot of work. It was tough. I suffered from insomnia. So that made it tough for me. He put together a tape so that I could sleep where he played father's song and piano and put in a cassette. He goes, here, this is to help you go to sleep. So we worked our asses off, all of us. I had no idea the uh, the intensity that I, that was awaiting me. Was there one like moment, like outrageous or fun or just one moment that stands out of like a funny story or just something that's a memory? Well, the lake scene to me is, you know, just the one I remember reading about it in the script and I thought, oh, piece of cake. I'm from LA. You know, I surf, I could jump in and man, that was tough. That was just really crazy. You know, hypothermia, uh, thought I was going to die, you know, Prince starts to cry. The nurse says we got to call the ambulance. And it was just, uh, it was wild, but I knew I had to do it. I did it three times, maybe a fourth time, but I did it three times for sure. And it, it snowed that day, right after we finished wrapping. And I remember jumping in and breaking a thin sheet of ice with my bare feet. And we had a stuntman, uh, Al Jones in the water, ready to catch my fall and lift me. And I kicked him <laughs> because I just panicked because it was just, it was, that was cold. Wow. What were your first impressions of like Wendy and Lisa, Morris Day? I thought they were just these wild characters. They didn't seem like real people because the real people that I was accustomed to were just regular folks. And these people were not regular. They were superstars and they were super talented and they were super beautiful and funny. And they all knew their place and they all had their individual personalities. And I was in awe. I felt you know, a lot of times, you know, kind of out of place because I was a new kid on the block, but that's pretty much my life story. I'm always a new kid on the block. What about, you know, there was so much written about, you know, like the kid and Morris, the feud. I mean, we saw it in the movie, but there was so much written about like Prince and Morris Day, like in real life, they were feuding. And like, I even read somewhere like Morris wouldn't show up to set certain days if there was like a filming schedule, they didn't want to run into each other. Like, is that true? Is that, was that all hyped? Well, there were difficulties in families, as we know, when you work together for so many years, you know, there's conflict. And there was conflict on the set 
uh, I wasn't aware of it because my head was just so uh, filled with what I had to do, you know, as an actor, as a leading lady and uh, to, you know, my place on set. So I didn't really notice at first until I started to focus on what was going on behind me. And it was crazy. It was wild. It, it really was intense. So I kept my nose clean, stayed out of people's business. I was kind to everyone and just did my damn job. And it was just intense, like what, like Prince and Morris and just all of that. Of, of everything, everybody and women on set, uh, girlfriends. It was little Susan Moonsey from Apollonia 6, who, in, who was the one that took me by the hand and said, this is the story. These are the players. These are the women. That one and that one. Be careful with that one. So she pretty much gave me, you know, the the parameter and uh, coached me. So uh, once again, I just kept, you know, to myself and I was friendly with everyone, but I kept to myself because it was that the director was directing a couple of the women to give me a tough time as it was in the script. And I didn't know that. So when we finished working, they were giving me a tough time. So there was one day when I finally broke down in front of Prince, unfortunately, and I started crying. And I was like, oh, these girls, nobody likes me. They're so mean. And he just looked at me and goes, look at you. You're just a jellyfish. You're a spineless jellyfish. Because I was always strong, positive, you know. I was out there, a team player. And then I fell apart, right? So I remember I just looked at him and cried back and kind of yelled, well, jellyfish don't have spines. <laughs> and that was it. You know, that was tough. It, it, it kind of got to me after a while. Well, it was your first like major, you know, motion picture. You'd done some and it was music as well. I mean, what did you learn from Prince just, you know, from that whole experience of making this movie? Oh, my gosh. I, we'd have to sit for we'd have to sit for six months. I learned a lot from him so much. And I apply those lessons in my life today. Was he as, you know, certain as you were about this movie? You know, like, right, it had like around a $7 million budget. It comes out, it makes $72 mm -hmm. million. All the people that didn't think it was going to be a hit, obviously, we all know it was huge. Like, I mean, was he shocked or was he, did he have the same vision as you did of like, nope, this is, trust me, this is just everyone stay with me? I think he was hopeful for success with the film, but he didn't. When we all, I mean, I had a pretty good idea. I had this sense. But once we were, you know, walking down the red carpet at the premiere, walking the red carpet at the Oscars, that's when it just, you know, it hit us. We started to see the success, the magazines. Uh, I couldn't go out anywhere. I was traveling all over the world. And everywhere that I went, I had to have security. So that was just absolutely insanity. And we didn't expect that at all. I mean, who does? You make a movie because you love the script, you're passionate, you're an actor, and you go there and do your, whether it's a small little budget movie, or it's a big budget, you do your best. And that's what we were doing. We never expected it to blow up the way it did. 
what did you get any specific advice or like what was one piece of advice that stuck with you from Prince as far as like fame? You know, because he like this elevated him, sure, but 1999 and everything else was a huge hit. Like, and you weren't, like you said, you went from, you know, working on Fantasy Island and Knight Rider, no offense to the shows, right. to being everywhere. Like, did you get any advice on fame from Prince and how to handle it? He actually taught me to step out of the role of Patty and to be Apollonia. Every time that you leave your home, you leave your home dressed and behaving as Apollonia, the star. And he reminded me that every time Elvis Presley left his home, he left as Elvis. He was always Elvis. And I thought, that's a terrific lesson, but what a huge responsibility. (laughs) So, yes, I learned that from him. Wow. And so then did you... I mean, every time you left home, you became, quote unquote, Apollonia, the mm-hmm. look, the whole thing. I, I was once audited, uh, you know, taxes for, you know, celebrities get audited, actors, right? So I went into the office with a train, you know, I had a gown and a train and, you know, it's how I was traveling. I was once out on the street once. I remember I had this crazy jacket, this hair and. This was recently somebody mentioned it and I didn't realize I, I had someone that's looked at me. It was a homeless gentleman. He says, it's Michael Jackson. He thought I was Michael Jackson in the jacket that I was wearing. So yes, I leave the house, you know, most of the time. Not always though. Nowadays, you know, it's just, it's a little tough. I don't, I mean, I, I'm not going to go to the market like I used to and, you know, crazy, crazy furs and all that. I don't work for anymore. You had the lingerie, you had the furs, you had, I mean, how much of that was you, you know, I mean, in like, how much of that was you really? A hundred percent. I, when Prince was here in Hollywood, I took him to see Marilyn Monroe at her grave. I took him to Max Factor Museum. Um, we went shopping at some of the most glamorous stores in Hollywood. So for me, it was important, you know, to, to be glamorous in the film. And um, at first he said, he goes, we have to have you look a little bit trashy and poor, you know, like when a, when the singer first gets started and all that. But I just, you know, from the second I stepped on that set and stepped off the set, it was just glamour. And then I went on to do Falcon Crest and I designed my clothes and the furs and lingerie and rhinestones and leather and lace, you know. I have to tell you guys about my favorite new discovery, Wild Gray. This website has everything you need for beauty, fashion, lifestyle. Of course, my favorite section is the designer handbags. They have Prada, Gucci. Of course, they have Louis Vuitton. Hello, my favorite. And everything is at such a great price for the value. Wild Gray is true curated excellence where every brand is handpicked just for you. Again, my favorite is the Louis Vuitton. But they have vitamins, supplements, workout accessories, and it's great for gifts. So what are you waiting for? Explore beauty products, fashion-forward trends, and captivating lifestyle essentials at Wild Gray. Right now, with the code VELVET20, you guys get $25 off your purchase. So visit Wild Gray, W-Y-L-D-E-G-R-E-Y.com to get $25 off with code VELVET20. Falcon Crest and Dallas were two of the best shows back to back CBS. What was it like to work on Falcon Crest? Was that great? 
Yes, it was. I got to hang out with my friend Lorenzo Lamas because we had the same agent. I already knew Lorenzo. So that was great. So I got to make out with Lorenzo and got to meet uh, so many wonderful people. Great artists. I mean, just the stars. Cesar Romero. I got to hang out and have lunch with the Joker. Cesar Romero. And we talked story about all of uh, Hollywood stories, you know, and Carmen Miranda stories. So that was fun. Celeste Hall was there. Ann Archer. Great people. Jane Wyman. Jane Wyman. She was fantastic. She was the big boss. I have, a, I have a Jane Wyman story where we were waiting for our car to take us to set. So we're waiting in the lobby and I'm sitting there and then she comes and sits there, you know, comes over and sits down. I'm like, you know, good afternoon, Miss Wyman. She, and the TV's on and it's President Reagan. He's on. And I was like, oh, snap. So I'm watching this, right? And she gets up. As soon as she sat down, she got up and then just walked over and shut that damn TV off. And I could see in her face like she was like, shut the hell up, Ronnie. <laughs> I could just see her face. And I was just looking at her, right, praying, don't look, don't look. And she just sat there with her, you know. And I just looked at that and I was like, damn, I wish I'd, you know, been able to film that. But that was the moment. She's like, let's not be reminded of the ex-husband while we're at work here today. It's like, shut up. Shut up, Ronnie. <laughs> Do people on Falcon Crest want to talk to you between scenes about Prince and all of that? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, most of the times that I would hang out, uh, I like to hang out with the crew. I don't sit with my team, my actors, or my leading men. I like to sit with uh, our crispy crews. Because they're the realists. They've got the best jokes. They know everything. And they're the real gentlemen. And they 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 see it all, right? Yep. Yep. So we had a blast. What was it like, you know, when you, you know, you mentioned Brenda and Susan, like when you did become part of Apollonia 6 and you started making the music and sex shooter, like what was it, you know, that was like your first foray into music. Like what was the actual musical part of it like for you? Well, it was initially, like I said, it was difficult because, uh, you know, I'm listening to, you know, I'm listening to New Wave and Led Zeppelin and Van Halen and Sergio Mendez. And so then with Susan and Brenda, they literally took me by the hand and uh, started to choreograph, you know, moves. And but they helped me to feel comfortable. They really did. So it wasn't something that was like terrifying because the girls were so easy for me. Was there any time like your vision for Apollonia 6 differed from Prince's and you guys butted heads and how did that work oh, out? Always, always, we always did. Costumes, ideas, songs. Uh, when I would write in Spanish, I said, I'm gonna do some stuff in Spanish. He goes, well, you know, I don't speak Spanish. I go, well, I do. So I went ahead and did it and he liked it. So yes, there's always that, you know, and I'm pretty uh, defiant. I'm pretty fierce. I'm fierce, independent, you know, a Leo, a lion. And uh, I knew how to say no to him instead of just, you know, having that codependency and say yes and do whatever he says. So I would say no. If I didn't agree, I, I would disagree. 
Well, when we started, you talked about and you dispelled this Jennifer Beals rumor. Set the record straight. I know you've talked about this before, but set it straight here for all the people listening. You know, you and Prince never dated. No, never, never. Where did all that come from? I mean, all of the media fanfare of like that you guys were and all of that. That came from the incredible chemistry that we always had because we had a great friendship. We liked each other a lot. And we felt like uh, two kids in a candy store. We were always getting in trouble, you know, goofing around, laughing. And I knew that he had a lot of girlfriends. I, at the time, was dating David Lee Roth, who had a lot of girlfriends. So when Dave and I would date, it was, we were official at that moment. So I already had that understanding of the rock star, you know, the women. And with Prince, you know, I, yes, I fell in love with him, but I fell in love with him as family, as like a little brother, a mentor, a teacher. And there was never anything like that. He never, he never treated me that way. He treated me, I always say this, like he put me on a pedestal that made me feel very uncomfortable, uh, like a mother. Uh, like a like a big sister, a little sister. I knew that I had the confidence as an actor, as he had his confidence as a musician. So when we were on set, I felt equal to him because I know how to hit my marks. I know what I'm doing as an actor and he's on stage doing his thing. So I felt that confidence there with him. How did you feel uncomfortable when you were on this pedestal? Uh, because it was such a high pedestal and I'm just a regular, normal California girl. You know, I surf, I eat tacos and I go to church. So when he did that to me, it was just kind of like a high place to be at. I got a little dizzy, got a little nosebleed metaphorically. And, you know, it was tough because then it kind of like put me in a special place to where it was too special for the other women to relate to. And I felt that it was hard for me to maintain girlfriends on set or in general. Um, but I do have great girlfriends. So, I mean, I was, I'm very fortunate, but that was tough. Untouchable, put it that way. Well, like a doll. Right. Like it sounds good to be on a pedestal until you're the one on it and then it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Exactly. Cause you're looking down and you're like, woo. And I'm, I have fear of heights. <laughs> falling put it that way what was dating david lee roth like gosh that was like i'm watching pam and tommy right now and i identify with a couple of those scenes you know the difficulty with the press and dating dave um you know the amount of fame that he had but we had a we had a really great time we never went public we didn't do red carpets we just traveled uh, we spent a lot of time at his house in Pasadena. I spent time with his parents, his sisters, and we just did normal things. We didn't do anything that was Hollywood because we were already doing that separately. And is this true that Prince didn't want you to be seen publicly with him during Purple Rain? Yes. We both made a promise. He made me make a promise. He says, I won't be seen with anyone famous until, you know, the movie is over and you've got to do the same. And I was like, that's fine. Cause I didn't have any plans on doing any red carpets with Dave. 
So it was okay. Did you approve or disapprove of all of Prince's, the, the famous girlfriends, like, you know, Kim Basinger, what he was tied to, and Carmen Electra? And then, I mean, of course, he had two wives as well. I mean, did you weigh in? Did you have a favorite? Did you approve? Did you disapprove of certain people? Oh, I I never disapproved. It wasn't my, my position to disapprove or approve because he's my friend. But I pretty much have met maybe the majority of the collaborators or exes. So my, my, I, I don't have a favorite, but I, I madly in love with Susan Moonzy. My, you know, that was his very first girlfriend. And I love Manuela Testolini. And I mean, there's just so many women that I love that he worked with. They're fabulous. She had great taste. Since you were like a sister or a mother or a family member and you guys never were romantically involved, did Prince ever try to set you up with someone famous? And if so, who? I know. I just want to know all the little details. I can't help it. Stay tuned for part two of our chat with the one, the only Apollonia Cotero. Yes, I want to know more about Prince. I want to know more about the music. I want to know more about Paisley Park. I want to know it all. We love Apollonia. Hope you enjoy this. Stay tuned for part two coming soon. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me, and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.